When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Monday morning. It's quarter three here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. George Stansbury, Scott Christofferson. Uh, not as fun of a game to talk about here today, Scott. After Iowa State goes on the road and picks up a, man, what was the final score? It was uh, 13 points. Yeah, 79 to 66. Yeah, 79 to 66 lost to Oklahoma on Saturday in Norman. Weird, weird game. Uh, a lot of things to to discuss because there was uh, it was certainly an interesting, uh, an interesting tale of 20 minute halves. Um, man, I, I think we saw this team get flustered for the first time so far this year uh, with about 10 minutes to go in the game when Oklahoma unleashed like a 20 to seven run to end the basketball game. And, you know, I think there's a lot that we can dissect here because I think that this is, it was a, it was a jarring game a little bit where all of a sudden the avalanche started and Oklahoma, Iowa state went from up 10 to down 10 in what seemed like the blink of an eye. And it's like all of a sudden you'd lost complete control of the game. And that's, that was a little bit concerning. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I said before the game, I did a little pregame video on Twitter and I, or no, was it on Twitter? Or, yeah, I think it was. You can't lose sight of who you are, especially on the road. You have to know who you are and you have to keep it simple. And for this team, it's been relentless ball pressure, rebounding and 50, 50 pursuit, and then ball toughness. You know, on the encouraging side of it, the only 12 turnovers the other night, so they cut down there. Let's give them credit there. But they're, they guard, the way they guarded and the way that they rebounded the ball in the second half on Saturday night will get them beat every game they play this year if they do not get that corrected. The good news is we've seen a lot of good out of them on those two categories throughout the season. But that's what allowed this one to get away from them, in my opinion. Yeah, and I thought – you know, the first 30 minutes of the game were really impressive for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, and I thought Tyrese Hunter played really well. Uh, he finished with 20 points on nine of 15 shooting, went two of three from three point range, had four assists, four steals. Like Tyrese probably played one of his best games that he's played at Iowa state. I would say Isaiah Brockington was awesome during the first half of the game. Uh, he went for 20 points also in nine of 15 shooting two of four from three, only four rebounds, which is, uh, not exactly what you would like to see. Iowa state had only 17 rebounds in the entire game, which is not very many. Uh, but man, I mean, 
you saw those guys, both of those guys, really attacking hard in the first half of the game in the in the first ten minutes of the second half, and then Iowa State started to settle for jump shots. You know, and you and I were kind of texting about this during the game, but. Once you see a few of those go in, it gets really easy to fall in love with shooting those jumpers and shooting threes. And I thought that that was probably an element of, of what came into play, but man, Oklahoma just kicked Iowa state's ass at the rim, you know, especially in the second half of the game. I think, you know, we tallied up Oklahoma went 16 of 19 in the paint during the second half of the game. They shot 80% from the floor as a team in the second half. I mean, what, what changed in the in that last 10 minute stretch where Oklahoma was able to take complete control and kind of run away with this thing? Yeah, I think you hit on it. I, this is a mentality team. And I've heard TJ reference, you know, he's a, a mentality coach. You know, this team wins with its mentality. And, you know, we've talked about wanting to see this team break out and, and make some jump shots. And that started to happen. And when that, that started to happen, I think they're maybe forgot a little bit about the type of mentality that they need to have to win and be effective in the big 12. Um, they did fall a little bit in love with the jump shot. I don't know if some of that was tired legs. I mean, Texas tech, let's not lose sight of how difficult of a game that was to play. If anybody was wondering if that was a legitimate win, watch them, you know, take care of Kansas on Saturday without their two leading scorers. And I just wonder if, you know, some of it was a little bit of falling in love with the three or fall in love with the perimeter jump shot um, some of it may have been just being a little bit tired, but that carried over to the, uh, the defensive end of the floor. And, and when you start to have a step back mentality on offense, which is what happened to them, that's right about the same time that they started to have a little bit of a step back mentality on defense on the other end. And those things can correlate, you know, you become a stale jump shooting team. A lot of times that'll translate into being a stale team on the defensive end of the floor. And I think that's what we saw in the second half on Saturday night in Oklahoma. I mean, you give up 80% shooting in the second half. I just don't, you're not going to win many games playing that way. So I don't want to be too negative about it in the sense of that, you know, this isn't something that needs to be a lingering issue for them. They are capable of being a really good defensive team like we've seen, but if they don't get that corrected, it's going to be a long night on Tuesday night. This was the first time that we'd seen a team just completely kick their asses at the rim, though. And that, I mean, we had not seen any hints of that even, you know. And that's what I think was so weird about it was that it was like, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a outlier. It's just one of those sometimes, you know, weird things just happen. But we had not seen a team be able to score this efficiently on them. And Oklahoma didn't really even struggle to do it once they got rolling, you know, I mean, they could do basically whatever they wanted to. And that's where, you know, that was a talking point early in the year. The man, can you really play at this, at this intensity level for 30 games? You know, Mm -hmm. this is the first time that I think I've had that serious concern of like, man, can you play this style of ball in, continue to do this for 30 games and maintain not just like, can you do it? Like, yes, obviously you can do it, but can you maintain the level of play and the elite level of play that they were doing and play that for 30 games? Like eventually you're going to have some blips that is just like, man, it, it kind of fell apart tonight, you know? Yeah. I, I think that this is probably more common than we think going on the road and, and having, and losing sight. I mean, I have said this before earlier this year, all it takes is one little stretch on the road to lose sight of what's going on, whether it's with turnovers or something, go a little awry and you don't have the Hilton crowd there 
to kind of corral you and get you back in the game. And that's what I think happened. I think they were up 10 Oklahoma went on a little bit of a run. I think they made a three right in there, made a couple of nice drives in transition. And it was like, Iowa state didn't, they couldn't ever recover. They couldn't ever kind of take that moment and just take that deep breath and be like, all right, let's get back to guarding it. we no one let their man in the lane on offense. We're getting the ball in the paint one way or another. We're getting the ball in the paint. We're playing inside out. They just weren't ever to have that moment. And, you know, when you get on the road, it can snowball on you really quickly. Um, I, I think that it's not something that I'm concerned about, but it is something that they have to learn from. If they don't learn from it, then yeah, it will be a concerning point. But I think TJ knows what happened in the second half. I'd be willing to bet in the film session and at practice that that got addressed pretty thoroughly. And I don't know how well they're going to shoot the ball against Kansas or how well they're going to play, but I would be shocked if TJ didn't come into that game saying, all right, we're not letting the ball get in the paint. We're contesting three pointers. Like we have all year. We're going to rebound our asses off and we're not going to turn it over. And we're just going to get back to the basics of who we are. And that's how we're going to play because that's how this team is going to win. They're not going to outshoot Kansas and Kansas on Tuesday. Night. That's not, they, they have to make enough shots to keep Kansas's defense honest but the moment that this team starts to think it's a jump shooting team, what we saw on Saturday night will become a regular thing. So I, I think if they can get, just get back to their identity of what they've preached since June, they'll be just fine. I think it's also important for us to remember, this is the most difficult six game stretch of the season for the Cyclones. I think five of their first six games are against ranked opponents. Three of them are on the road. So uh, and let's not, I mean, Oklahoma is may well be ranked at some point in time this year. They're not, that's they'll be not ranked a, today. They'll that's ranked not today. a slouch of a basketball yeah. team. So, you know, we talked about coming into the, the, the big 12 season. And I tried to write about this a little bit, like everything's going good now and we're, we're winning and we're feeling good about ourselves. But at some point in time that we're going to hit some adversity, we're going to hit a, a stretch of games where, man, it's just not looking great. Now we're going to find out what their culture is, what their identity is, how committed they are to those three basic things that they've worked on since June. And honestly, I'm excited to see how they respond. Cause I just, I have a feeling with TJ and the, and, and the way these guys have played all year that Tuesday night, they're going to come out and get back to the basics. Yeah. And I, it's not like I should even shot poorly at the rim or anything like that either. I mean, they went, they shot almost 70% in the paint. Uh, went nine of 14 at the rim in the second half. And that's what I think was odd about it. You could just tell guys were settling offensively, yeah. you know, and it's the kind of thing where you just sit there and it, and I imagine that was what was probably even frustrating to TJ was that, damn, what are we doing? Why are we getting away from doing what we're supposed to be doing? You know, and it just, as it slipped away from you more and more, it's almost like someone wanted to hit that shot. That was going to be the one that broke Oklahoma's back a little bit and got them to kind of break and broke their will finally. And man, they just, uh, they just wouldn't fall. But, you know, like I said, this was just a, this was a game where it all of a sudden felt, or it felt like you had it pretty squarely in your control and you were going to mid, not necessarily run away with it, but going to kind of be able to coast through the last 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just all, it, the flopping technical, all of a sudden from the flopping technical on Oklahoma took off out of a cannon and it was over. I, yeah, I was watching the game with my wife and I, I mean, they were up 10 and I, I thought they were in control of the game, you know? And I'm like, man, yeah. we're, gonna, we're finally going to see a game where they shoot the ball. Well, they don't turn it over. 
And I just, I'd home almost at that point in time, taken for granted this team's defensive prowess and their ability to compete for loose balls and rebound the basketball in the moment that I started to take that for granted, it just was, it vanished. And I think, you know, I don't know. I, maybe that's what happened for this team. Maybe they thought, Hey, we're making shots. We're up 10. We're feeling good about ourselves, but that's, that's the humbling part of playing in the big 12. It's the humbling part of playing on the road. You win on the road with your will that you have to win on the road with your will. And, and, and I think the last 10 minutes of the game, Oklahoma just broke this team's will. Look, I've played on teams, even my senior year, I think we went 10 and five in the league or something like that. There were a few games we went on the road and we had our will broken. So it's not to say the season's over and this needs to be a recurring thing, but they need to know who they are. They need to be stubborn about who they are and they can't ever lose sight of who they are. And I think this is a perfect example of that. If they do that, I think they will get back on track and they will get back to playing the kind of ball we're used to them seeing. If they try to correct this thing by becoming a, we're going to win with our skill three point shooting team, then it's going to get ugly quick. All right. This is a big week coming up with, uh, you know, you mentioned before you got 16 games left in the regular season, 15 of them are in the league and you've got two games against top 25 teams again this weekend, or this week coming up tomorrow on the road down in, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse against, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks who, like you mentioned, lost to Texas tech over the weekend. Um, and then you got Texas coming into Hilton Coliseum on Saturday in a, a very winnable game, I think, for Iowa State uh, against another top 25 team. Man, the Kansas one, uh, frankly, did not shock me in the slightest. That Texas Tech team has some juice, dude. Like, even without yeah. the scores, even without Terrence Shannon, Kevin McCullers, dude, I love Clarence Nadolny. I think that he is an awesome point guard uh, and he's fantastic for what Texas tech wants to do, especially right now with what they want to do when they don't have the scorers, he just has to go out there and put his, put his nuts on the line and just say, I'm going to go out there and, and cause havoc for 40 minutes. And that's exactly what he's been able to do for two straight games. Uh, people might forget that Clarence actually chose Texas tech over Iowa state when he was uh, being recruited out of, and I want to say he was at like a prep school somewhere in Pennsylvania. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up going to Texas tech and it obviously has found a really good fit for him. That took a little while to, to get into the rotation, but, um, man, that it's going to be hard to go in and win at tech still, but te they really were able to take Kansas out of what Kansas wanted to do. And, um, you know, I think they had 25 points in the first half of the game. Uh, I looked down at it and they had like 50 with like three minutes left. And I was like, Holy cow. That's when, you know, that, or that's when I was like, man, okay, maybe I'm not as worried about Iowa state's offense as I was after the other night, knowing how they were able to limit them. Yeah. That's why I, I don't, I don't have any reservations about Iowa state's ability to shoot the ball. And, and, and I think that this is a perfect, we just saw a two game stretch of like their get win against Texas tech was legit. That's a really good team. I think when they get those two top scorers back, don't be surprised if at the end of the year, it's them and Baylor competing for the big 12 title. They're there. They're that good. That's a big win for Iowa state. And we saw Iowa state can make shots. I think, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Not surprised to see what we saw to Texas tech against Kansas. I think Kansas is talented, but they don't have the inside presences that you're used to a bill self team having, I mean, it, it just, it's almost like clockwork with bill stuff. Like they're going to have a four and a five guy. 
that are going to block shots, dominate the boards, play great help defense. Like, and yes, some of them end up being lottery picks. Some of them are just good college players, but this team doesn't have that. And I think that's where if Iowa state can go in on Tuesday night, win the turnover game, win the rebounding game, they can give this team a game. I can't promise you they're going to win. This is a tough place to play, but if they just get back to taking those care of those two things and they focus on those two things, game in and game out, they will give themselves a chance to win. And, and I see no reason why they can't go in and execute that against Kansas on Tuesday night. Yeah, that has certainly been a big point of contention, I think, down for, for Kansas fans here so far this year. Uh, David McCormick was a, an all big 12 player last year. And I want to say was on the preseason all big 12 team. He has not lived up to expectations. I don't think, um, He's played well the last couple of games coming off of the bench for uh, for Bill Self's squad, but not has not quite been to the level that people expected of him. Mitch Lightfoot is in like his 600th year of college basketball, uh, and he's been rotating in and out as a starter there. I mean, the story with this Kansas team has been its backcourt, which mm-hmm. is as good as any in the country. Remy Martin has been hurt right now. Uh, it, he did not look very good. The other night, I thought against Texas Tech, you can tell that he doesn't have the same explosiveness that he normally does, just not the same level of speed. So I'm interested to see what a couple more days will do for him. But what Ochai Ogbaji, you know, he came in a couple years ago as like a mid-year enrollee. Uh, and I think the first game he ever played was actually against Iowa State in, in, uh, in Lawrence. And he is, I mean, he's one of the best scorers in the country at this point. Um you know, is averaging, you know, close to 20 points a game. Uh, he's shooting the ball well from three, almost 50% from three, almost 60% from the field and then 75% from the free throw line. I mean, he's an electric type of player and he's the kind of guy too, that if you let him get an inch of space and you give him an inch of room, man, he's going to make you pay in a split second. He's smooth and as smooth and efficient of a player as you'll find. I mean, no wasted dribbles, no wasted movement and motion. And, the second you give him something, he's taken it. He's a you know very smart player, obviously, and you know Kansas does a good job of of looking for him. So yeah, they'll they'll have their their work cut out with him. You know to try to you what you have to do with him is you have to try to turn him into a volume shooter, mm-hmm. um, a guy that you know instead of going let's say seven or twelve or eight or twelve from the floor, you want him to be a, a five for seventeen type of game from him. That would be a win. He's gonna get he's going to get some points. There's no question about that, but you just want to make him work for it, make him earn it. Don't give him anything easy, nothing in transition. Can't lose him on rotations and just give him a, because a guy like him, you give him an easy one or two and he starts to get into a rhythm and it can get ugly pretty quick. So, you know, they'll have their, their workout with him, but they've got good perimeter defenders. They've got guys that, you know, and I, I just have a sneaking suspicion knowing TJ the way I know him, he's going to get up into these guards and challenge them in a way that they probably haven't been challenged year to date with how they guard Kansas on Tuesday night. You know, I, I thought they, I expected can't Iowa state on Saturday, honestly, to make Oklahoma uncomfortable and the opposite happened. I think that this is going to be kind of a, a gut check game for our perimeter players guarding the basketball. I think TJ is going to be all over these guys. And I, I haven't seen anything out of them this year that tells me they're not going to respond in a positive way. So I'm going to stay optimistic about that going into Tuesday night. I think the thing about this Kansas team that is not near as impressive as some of the other ones is they don't have the depth of scoring that it seems like they normally do where it's like, you can take one guy away, but Oh, jokes on you. We've got four other ones who can (laughs) score just as well. I mean, 
Ogbaji's a really good scorer. Christian Brown has been really good for them this year. He's kind of having he's having a, a breakout season and has been really efficient as a scorer. But if Remy Martin's hurt, David McCormick has not been playing as well as I, I think that they would like to see him play. Mitch Lightfoot is is what he is. I mean, like I said, he's been playing forever and has not gotten worse and has not gotten overly better either. But like they don't have a 10, 10 guys by any means that can go out there and score for you. You know, Jalen Coleman lands is basically their fifth option. And Jalen Coleman lands was the third option for Iowa state last year. So, and that team went two and 22. So it just is, I think Iowa state is going to have a good opportunity to go in there and hang around. It, it's like you mentioned before, this is a really hard place to go and play. You know, it, is. it, it just is. We all know that when they get on that roll, man, and those and they start playing the music at about 10 billion decibels and it's bouncing off the tin ceiling and you got those fans going crazy. And I imagine that the students are back in class today and they're going to be raring to go tomorrow. Like that is it, it's a completely different kind of animal than most guys have ever experienced. Iowa State's got to do what Tech did to them on Saturday. They got to turn this thing into a street fight. And when they go on those runs, and they will. They can't, they got to remember who they are and they got to remember where they're going to make their money, where their victories are going to come from. And that's, they're not going to stop a run with jump shooting. If, if I'm playing against Iowa state and Isaiah Brockington and Tyrese Hunter start to become jump shooters, I am clapping my hands and encouraging them to become perimeter jump shooters as much as they want. Even if they make a few of them, they've got to be stubborn that their role on this team Yes. When you're open and, and the defense is, is, is sagging off of you. Sure. Rise up and shoot one. And, and Isaiah's had a, as good of a, a mid range game as anyone this year. I'm not criticizing him for that, but where they make this team go is by getting the ball in the paint, getting to the free throw line or setting up their teammates that went away the last 10, 15 minutes of the game on Saturday. And when Kansas goes on runs, like they can at home, they have to recognize that it's on them to stop the, stop the will of Kansas by imposing their will of getting into the paint. Absolutely. All right. Do you got any other thoughts that you want to get out there and otherwise we'll uh, leave them until later in the week. I would just say that there's no reason to not be positive about this team right now. Yes. They're going through a gut check time. We're one and two. We'd love to be two and one or three and L, but you know, they got to just gut through these first six games scrounge together as many wins as they possibly can. And then the see the, the schedule is going to lighten up on them a little bit. And I think, you know, we we've supported them. They've been great to start stick with them. It's going to pay off. I think this team still has what it takes to have a really successful big 12 season. They just got to get back to who they are. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you guys again here later on in the week on the cyclone fanatic podcast network. Peace.